electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I'm Melissa Lee, and this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Karen Feinerman, Bono and Eisen, Steve Grosso, and James McDonald. Tonight on Fast, records fall on Wall Street, so what should be your next move? The stocks at all-time highs are trading the rally straight ahead. Plus, we're gearing up for another mega week of earnings. We're breaking down the four names that need to be on your watch list. And later, our chart of the week, this stock adding $172 billion to its market cap since Monday. That name and how to trade it straight ahead. But we start off with the road to records. S&P, NASDAQ, Russell 2000 driving to their highest levels ever. But there is something big brewing in the bond market that could cause investors to yield. Let's get to Cornerstone Macro's Carter Braxton worth with more. Carter. Well, surely an exciting week for equities, of course. But in many ways, uh, the bump up in yields, continued bump up, is equally important and exciting. Uh, what we do know, of course, is that today was the highest close since the pandemic low, uh, one spot 165, and we reached one spot 186, uh, getting awfully close to that 12125. Three simple charts. The first, uh, this is a three, four-year chart, and it's just this, the exercise of examining trend. It doesn't matter whether this is cotton or Uber. Point is, when you have a wipeout, if you don't go out of business, so to speak, and yields can't go out of business, you base and bottom as measured by your moving average. You can see there the smoothing mechanism, the 150 moving average is flattening and is rising. Second chart, it's the exact same chart, but it's just using a trend line instead. And if you think about it, all that a moving average is an automated trend line. The point at which the 150 day turns is the point here on the second chart where you break above the downtrend. And so let's zero in on the last chart, the goings on since the low. Now what this tries to highlight is you see that, that that sort of epic intraday low, that's uh, 32 basis points. That's March 9th. That was a Monday. And then within moments, 6, 8, 10 sessions, we were already back to one spot, 2, 8. And you can see those two parallel lines. Uh, those are the levels that matter. Now, the uptrending line, the ascending line since the low is the path we've been on. It's very orderly, it's steady, and it's sequential. And the sequence calls for more of the same. It would call for about 128. And so if you just, last thing, look at that spike low in the pandemic, and you wipe that out with your eye. Forget that intraday low. Basically, rates bottomed at 60 basis points, plus or minus. And after four or five months, then they've slowly been moving up ever since. The, the sequence calls for 12513 here. Is that going to cause Carter equities to stutter, do you think? No. Well, I mean, equities can stutter for any reason, but sure. whether the cost of 10-year money is 90 base points or 130, with 60 base points or 110, it's still 10-year money that's uh, readily available and cheap. I think you'd have to see yields getting back closer to 1617 before you might get a scare in the equity market. Just to think about this, we were at 1.9, right, almost uh, 2% the day the pandemic came to the United States. So getting to 1.415, it would have to be higher than that. All right. Carter, thanks. Carter Worth, we'll see you uh, in a bit and on options action. So with stocks touching all-time highs, will rising rates wreck this record rally? 
Carter obviously says no. It'll take up 1.6 or so before that happens, Karen. It seems like then we could be in a sweet spot here for equities where yields are telling us that the economy is doing better, but money doesn't get too expensive. Right. I think that's where we are. This market is in a sweet spot. And so we're at all-time highs, which isn't shocking because not because of where the economy is right now, but because of where we think it's going to be. And we think we're going to have a dramatic improvement. And I think that we're also going to have stimulus, although I think that's getting pretty well priced in. And I think we're also seeing good earnings. So many companies have been able to shift and even, you know, do extraordinarily well in the pandemic. And so this is a great time for earnings. I think, though, that at some point, we often talk about risk premium, when rates get high enough, that equity risk premium will need to go up and that will be multiples will come down. And I think that will be the hardest on the super high flyers, the multiples that are just in the stratosphere mm -hmm. and relatively better for the banks. And they'll benefit anyway from the steeper yield curve, but also from being a low P.E kind of industry. Right. I mean, we can also talk about the level of rates till the cows come home, but it's the pace at which we get to that rate that's going to make all the difference. I mean, we saw the market reaction. Um, was it a couple weeks ago, James, when, when rates all of a sudden went higher? I mean, markets panicked a little bit. Maybe I'm overstating that, but it certainly reacted. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Because if we do have a reopening trade that happens a little quicker than we think, um, then, then those rates could spike higher quickly. Right. And so we think uh, at our shop, a 1% increase in 10-year yields, it's going to slash S&P PE multiples by about 18%, uh, NASDAQ 100 multiples by more by about 22.5%. So we think we'll get a big, big sell-off there. And the issue right now is that the rates are too low, uh, given the growth and in infl inflation expectations. The biggest risk is if the market starts to care, right? And so a 10-year U.S. Treasury at 115 basis points in two year at 11 basis points. It's the steepest we've had since May of 2017. And it implies a positive economic outlook, which I don't think is there. Um, obviously, inflation expectations at 2.3%, highest since April 2013. This inflation number is going to rise further uh, arithmetically with uh, a base adjustment. And so the Senate just passed the budget resolution. I think we're going to step toward approving Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus bill by a simple majority. Uh, and this is going to drive us to those increased rates where we see market risk, as you said. Yeah, or maybe that spread implies the, the economic activity that we expect to see. Banks had a fantastic week, Bonoin. I mean, buried amidst this uh, GameStop AMC roller coaster, we had the financials close out the week more than 6% higher. Yeah, absolutely. It tends to get lost in all of the noise here. I mean, just to put this in context, um, I mean, we're still near historic, historic lows as, as it pertains to rates, right? So, yes, clearly we've all talked about the pressures and, and downward pressures that upward pressures of rate might lead to. But in what we have seen from investors is a propensity to step further out on the risk curve. And with rates here, the alternative investment just isn't there and to play in more speculative areas, right? And then technology has kind of shifted now to somewhat of the focus. It's, it's been pervasive in a lot of other in industries. And so what I would look at is separating pre-revenue or at least pre-EBITDA type of companies and technology vis-a-vis -vis established growth companies that are still highly profitable. That is where I'll start, for, start to look for the breakdown. Uh, specifically from the way, from my lens of looking at things. Yeah, so when you say that, Bonwin, you know, it goes, Steve, to some of the earnings that we saw this week, which, which were very good. Yeah, so when you look at the earnings that we saw, it was in the tech company. So it's, you're really taking your eye off the ball as far as a market participant. 
all this conversation leads me back to the value over growth rotation. And I think Bono hit, hit it uh, on the head there. We're at historic lows in rates. I'd start to worry at two, but that's a stutter step. I'm not worried that the market's going to cave. I'm worried that people are going to have a knee-jerk reaction, start to sell the market off, and then realize nothing. We, we, we made much to do over, over nothing. So as long as the economy starts to improve, you have vaccines rolling out, the reopenings are starting or will start. I think that's the major concern. So I think the market can move higher. But we're talking about guidance, outlook, and, and um, who, who knows what it looks like middle of the summer. If the, right. if the vaccines don't roll out the way they think they're going to roll out, then I'd start to worry. But I'm not going to worry about rates just yet. Yeah, I mean, investors need the goods, right, to back up higher yields. Two percent is not a problem if we have the actual growth, if, they, if we have the actual earnings lining up to support a two percent yield, Karen. I know earlier in the week, Karen, you were noticing spreads. Well, everybody else is looking at Reddit and Wall Street bets uh, and the impact on bank stocks here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think bank stocks were a little bit oversold. But, yeah, this yield curve, I, I think uh, I don't know, it was Carter or James that said we haven't seen it since May of 17. This, so that's, you know, almost four years. And that's reflecting, I think, an economy that's going to be booming. And you just wonder at what point does it get too hot and, you know, down the road somewhere, there will be a, a, a taper tantrum. It'll be ugly for sure. I don't know when it'll happen. Probably not this year, but that does seem to be the end game at some point. But for now, it's all good. <laughs> and I guess that's what we've been saying for months and months and months and months at this point. I mean, I guess the ultimate concern, James, is things pick up so quickly, if too quickly almost. The inflationary pressures really heat up because then that bounces the ball back into Jerome Powell's court. Yeah, and there's just been a ton of bullish energy in this market like we've never seen in history. Uh, I have been absolutely blown away by the energy behind small caps over the last three months, up over 30% over the period. And if you look at the NASDAQ bank index, up 46% uh, in this 90-day period, ton of energy. That momentum has taken us through. We had a little bit of a pullback last week, following through to the upside today, breaking out of new all-time highs. Uh, I think we saw a microcosm of the energy that's behind the retail buying frenzy on the Reddit and the GameStop story. But that same story is trickling into the overall markets. And so the boom is there in stocks. And frankly, uh, Main Street and Wall Street have never been more disconnected. Anything looking too hot in your view, Grasso, in terms of stocks, either individual stocks or sectors? I, I think the, the stock market has looked too hot to me and technology stocks have looked too hot to me and the Zooms and the, the Pelotons and all the work from home stocks because we, we have to get to the end of that technology uh, line as far as the bullishness and the work from home stocks. But I am glad that I fought my, my, uh, my, my gut to sell the market because I could have sold this S&P at 3,000. So when you say, does it look too hot, as long as the Fed's in your corner, as long as there's stimulus, I think the market can go higher. All right. Coming up, a $172 billion market cap breakout. One tech titan surging more than 14% this week. We're breaking down the monster move. But first, get ready for another huge week of earnings. Just look at all the names reporting so you know what that means. A game of traded or faded is on, the, on deck when Fast Money returns.
Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Buckle up for another busy week of earnings. More than 70 companies on deck to report. Big names like Disney, Twitter, Under Armour, General Motors making the list. So we thought this would be a perfect time to play a little game of... Trade it or fade it! That's right. Everybody's favorite game, trade it or fade it. So let's kick things off with Disney set to report Thursday after the bell. So Grasso, you know how to play this game. Uh, Trade it or fade it. This is going to be a trade for me. If you look back, first of all, Disney should be sending Dan Loeb a fruit basket weekly on this one. It was back in October that Dan Loeb said they should cut their dividend permanently and try to get more content for their Disney+. Plus. The stock has rallied 50% since then. Let's remember, this, this is a, uh, the economy reopening play. $16 billion in parks in revenue. Those, are, those parks are going to be busy again. I know you won't be there. I probably won't be there either. But people want to get out and they want a vacation. So I think this one is definitely a trade for me. You know, I'm, uh, I'm actually going to fade this one, Mel. And Steve makes some fantastic points here. But when I, when I take a step back and I think about the story behind why this company has rallied so much or the stock rather has rallied so much, it was an argument that this should, there should be some re-rating more similar to Netflix as they did make all of those allocations to streaming. And when I look at those price earnings multiples, they're within about three turns of each other. And then I drill down and you'll say, well, listen, Bonowin, yeah, but if you look at it, a price to sales, and I'll say, okay, similarly, but if you look at Disney, it's about 10 times as capital intensive. So I would expect that to trade at a, at a premium for Netflix. So all in all, I'm fading it. If I like the company, I would be doing a stock replacement and buying upside calls. I know I'm likely headed to the penalty box. I'm willing to take that L so that you guys can win. <laughs> bon, I like the uh, internal <laughs> conversation you have with yourself, calling yourself by your name. That's classic. <laughs> Moving on to Twitter, reporting after the bell on Tuesday. Karen, trade it or fade it? Uh, I'm going to fade it. I mean, the last time they reported it was disappointing. It should have been a great, a great, great quarter for them. We didn't see since then... It won't be in that quarter, but I'd be interested to hear the effects of Trump being uh, booted from Twitter, what effect that has, how much. But also, I think it's in the unfortunate position of having rallied very, very strongly going into, I think it's Tuesday, they report. So, uh, and I, I haven't been impressed with how they've been able to monetize relative to Facebook and Google. So I am a, a fader of Twitter. James, what do you say? I want to trade it. Um, you know, Twitter and Google Cloud announced yesterday a multi-year partnership, uh, and Twitter can analyze data faster, improve the experience. That's a big partnership there. Uh, I think they're going to get a lift 
Um, from the Trump experience, I think there's going to be a massive positive expect on the ad revenue. Um, we'll likely post their second billion dollar quarter. All right. Next up, Under Armour reporting Wednesday before the bell. So, Bonwin, trade it or fade it? I guess I'm in my feelings today because I'm fading this one as well. Listen, this is show and prove. I'll remind you, last October, this stock opened up around $16 and had a quick reversal after a surprise down to about 13 half. I'm expecting more of the same. I'm fading it. All right. Grasso? Yeah, I'm going to trade it. Uh, so when you look at this, it's up. I, I agree with Bono. And this could, this could have a, a quick fade because it's up 22% basically in seven days. But they are expanding their product line. They're expanding their margins. This reminds me of when Lululemon reached out and started including men in their focus groups. They're really making a hard press to bring women into the fold. So I think this one might surprise a lot of people. This is always the underplay to Nike. I think this one can keep going a little bit higher. All right. Last up. Let's get to General Motors. Set to report before the bell on Wednesday. James McDonald, trade it or fade it? Electric vehicles are coming and they're not going anywhere. They've got a 2035 target of all electric. They're building Honda and Acura's crossover electronic SUVs. Uh, and Honda's tapped them to build uh, their self-driving cars in Japan. I think that GM is going to get it right. Uh, I have heard your commentary on GM. And yes, trucks and SUVs are all there right now. But the future is coming. I think GM is poised to take advantage of it. Karen. I agree. I'm definitely a traded. I think a valuation um, alone, that's a reason. And I fully believe in Mary Barra. They, they've said they've said this is coming for a long time. Just they never got the valuation. Not expensive here. I know it's run up a lot, but I, I well, we'll see Tuesday how their earnings are due Tuesday or Wednesday. But um, I like it long. How's this for a Friday twist? That is. Game within a game. Steve Grasso, would you rather... General Motors or Ford, which is also getting a similar sort of re-rating in the market. We just got stellar earnings. Um, Farley, the CEO, knocked it out of the park on the conference call. What do you think? I think Ford seems to be chasing the, uh, the dog here. And, and both of them haven't really impressed me, GM or Ford. But it seems like GM really put the hard press on, uh, on EV, as G James was just saying. and gave a detailed explanation to it. I think they can lead. I think Ford seems to be following, not putting the pri – I know they spent a boatload of money trying to really compete in the EV world, but I think GM will probably get the head nod and the hat tip to this. All right, coming up. The search is over. We're about to reveal our chart of the week. This tech stock surging more than 14% since Monday. The name and the trade straight ahead. And later, should you roll the dice on MGM, we'll break down the trade as the company gears up for its earnings. Stay with us. Fast Money's back in two. Welcome back to Fast Money. Time to reveal our chart of the week. This tech titan surging 14 and a third percent since Monday, adding $172 billion to its market cap. It's Alphabet, the stock ripping higher after a stellar earnings beat earlier in the week. So, Karen, you always advocated for yes. the re-rating of this stock. At what point does it look expensive? Not here. It looks, I could argue it looks less expensive today than it did a week ago. I mean, the magnitude of that earnings beat was so extraordinary. Just the beat, the beat itself was 30% higher than what the street expected, which was already, be, I mean, that is huge. Cloud was great. I think we'll continue to see strength in advertising. We haven't seen travel really come back yet. There'll be a big beneficiary of that. Don't forget the cash hoard of $115 billion, which it gets almost no credit for. 
So I think, you know, when you back out the cash, the P.E. ratio for next year is just slightly above the market, and yet it should be well above the market. So I think it's still, in the tech world, I think it's a great value. Stay in long. Talk about re-rating. At least 15 firms on Wall Street raised their price targets on this stock since the earnings report. Susquehanna is a street high of $3,000 a share, which is a lot higher from where it is here. Bono, and where do you stand on Alphabet? Don't fight the feeling. I mean, listen, I'd rather people buy into this than be late. And we've seen it with names like Tesla's and other, and I, and I know not to go there. But they have literally crushed it. I mean, Care didn't leave a lot of meat on the bone. What I will say is that they've shown that they can hit on all cylinders, continue to invest for the future. Don't forget about autonomous and other bets. There are still aspects and travel to this that let them exist now in this world that we know and also allow them upside once we return to normal. I'm glad you mentioned travel because that's a that's a big vertical for them. About 10 percent of search um, results were travel pre-pandemic. So feasibly, if we got back to normal, Steve, you could recapture that. Uh, absolutely. And when you look at it, uh, Karen said uh, on cloud, cloud was up 47 percent. Gross revenue was up 23 percent. YouTube ad, ad revenue was up 23 percent. This is one that was, has been underrated, uh, literally, by the Wall Street community, and it can move much higher from here. I think, we're, I think you guys are all in full agreement on this one, right, James? I am in full agreement. Full disclosure, my baby brother is a global head at Google. They know all about all people, and this company has so many pockets <laughs> of value that they haven't even unleashed yet. A uh, ton of upside here at a 37 PE. I agree with Bonawine, agree with Karen, agree with the whole gang. Uh, Google's got a lot of room to run, and they can control their destiny. Uh, and so this is a business to continue to own, even at these levels. Yeah. Um, Karen, was there anything about the report that sort of begged questions for you in your mind, whether it be use of cash or, or uh, whatnot? I mean, I really wish it's, it's almost like that cash is dragging the balance sheet. I really yeah. wish it would be a lot more aggressive. But we've been saying that for a while, and they've slowly come around, and they're doing buybacks. But... They could do a lot more than that. I understand not wanting to be a dividend payer. That's fine. But I would be much more aggressive because they continue to build cash even on top of that right. hoard. By the way, I did notice they have debt of 2060, two and a quarter percent of 2060. That's some good, nice, nice, cheap financing if they ever need it. Yep. Time for the final trade for this Friday show. In honor of the Super Bowl this Sunday, we make these your big game bets. So let's go around the horn. James. Oh, mama, UVXY is holding it 10 bucks. We got a 50% pop last week. I think we're going to get another big pop in the next couple weeks. Karen. Yeah, we just talked about it in Trade or Fade It. It's definitely a trade at GM for earnings next week. Bono and Eisen. With all the speculative mania going on, please remember to invest. It's a core tenant. Spy. You got to have it as part of your portfolio if you're out further out on the risk curve. Steve Grasso. A-L-U-S. It's a clean battery company, Alusa Energy. Interesting. All right, that does it for us here on Fast Money for this Friday. Don't go anywhere, though. Options Action is up next. on the horizon for financial markets. 
At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.